fans, welcome to another edition of the WrestleGetting Podcast. We are your horsemen and hosts. I'm CM Heat. He is the infamous G Money. And we're also joined by his holiness, the Tennessee Jesus. What's going on, fellas? How much? much? I think you guys are like unison on that. Yeah. I've just been hanging out with Garrett. Yeah. Hanging out with Garrett. Yeah. You guys are all all in line. Everything's in tune. Yeah, we've been, you know, doing crystal math together. Yep. And his trailer. Did he tell you about a trailer? About a trailer. Yep. Yeah. Single or double wide? Single. 1973. 1973 trailer. Is it one of those, like, the tin can ones? It's like. It's like the Aerostar or whatever it is. No. It's like, you ever seen Forrest Gump? Yeah. Okay. It's like. McKinney's grandma's trailer. Oh, uh, one of those. Okay. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, I am I am trailer trash. I do come from a line of trailer trash. <laughs> yeah. Ten years. Car- First Carl- ten years of my life. Carl and I do tra- crystal meth and then we try to do uh we try to um uh, make WWE themes for wrestlers and sell them to Triple H. Uh he hasn't returned any of our phone calls. Yeah. That and I almost got Garrett kicked out for setting off bottle rockets in his neighbor's mailbox. I mean, it was nice. pretty damn funny, though. Yeah. So, back to the themes. Like, were you guys using, like, kazoos and recorders? Um, no. Um, Carl uh, started taking banjo lessons. Yep. And uh, I am playing uh, the accordion. Yeah. And the accordion. Well, thank God no one's playing the bone flute. <laughs> oh, man. We'd we love starting to show off with random stuff. And speaking of random, let's get into the random band entrance theme. I'm gonna have myself. Oh, it's all random. For fuck's sake. Uh, we went to uh, K-pop for uh, the first one back here. And it's NTC 127. Um, I can't even begin. Garrett was trying to give us a history lesson on some uh, K-pop bands here before we started recording. And like that's confusing as all get out. So... K-pop is uh, so fucking good music. Yeah. Why? Like, you're doing a super group. Okay, I get it. Like, it's not like, you know, N-K-O-T-B-S-B in sync. So, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least that one we understand. This, I, I don't get it. So, all right. good. <laughs> All right, apparently, Carl, your niece's favorite band, NTC 127. What we got? Uh, it's not her favorite not her favorite band, but I did let my niece, uh, Kaya, pick uh, my entrance. Uh, and I'm going to be coming out to kick it. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Here, what you got? 
Uh, with some deliberating with the uh, the K-pop queen, as she's called. Um, is that self-titled, or um, is that like an official title? I mean, whatever you'd like. Does uh, she have a poster <laughs> of Blackpink on her wall? No. Huh? No. No. All right. All right. Okay. What was that other, the was queen, that other K-pop one? Queen. What's that other one that we There's used? all kinds of... There's, There's so Big Bang. What's that There's, big one? Uh, puts BTS. out the fucking books, all that. BTS, yeah. BTS, yeah. Uh, the song we yes, picked, like and uh, with more me than her, kind of, sort of, because we listened to them, is I went with uh, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Mad Dog tanning up in here. Okay. See if anybody gets that reference. Probably not. Well, I don't know. Nope. Did you get the reference, Garrett? Mm, no. No. <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't know what it's from. I'm just pretty dumb. So it's kind of happened. <laughs> awesome. Well, I picked lemonade. Nice little poppy beat to it. All kinds of fun. All right, Carl, deliver us from the land of K-pop. Give us something for next week. Another K-pop. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> It'd be like BTS or Blackpink or something. Um, we have Luke Combs. Oh, yeah. Fuck, can we veto that? <laughs> no. We can't. We can. You want to veto Fucking Fuck. Nah. Alright, whatever. This fucking like Garrett Garrett's like a big Luke Combs fan. He has his poster in his trailer. Yep. The fucking song he did was like that steak fried chicken or whatever the fuck it is. Dude, dude, if you want to veto it, I don't give a shit. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I don't care. Well we'll figure it out. So are we we'll, are we'll we vetoing it or are we doing it? Nah, we'll, we'll roll we'll, with it. We'll roll with it. Oh okay. Good thing good thing we didn't veto it because it's like this is bad. <laughs> Oh God! I don't know. It's what? like stuck in it was stuck in country, so uh, or something. I don't know because the, the next one up is Morgan Wallen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> no. He's like the, the he's the so. I think he's the N word guy, right? And he's I the N word guy. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I think so. Oh, great! Even better. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh freaking ridiculous all right so next week we'll uh give you our picks for a uh, luke comb song as an entrance theme so <laughs> oh jesus i got fucking my luke it's comb not even in good my... country luke comb in my hair <laughs> it's not even good country i'm sorry like that's <laughs> that pop country you want to be rock bullshit mm. i don't care Y'all can come at me for that one. Country music sucks now. Like, where's the shit with, like, my truck broke down, my dog ran away, my wife my wife left me. Like, I beat my wife with a garden hose while drinking a beer in the back of my pickup truck. Like, that is a good country. This is, like, shitty All country. 15, all 15 <laughs> of Luke Combs fans are going to come kick your ass. <laughs> 
man. They probably don't even listen to our show anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, awesome. I'm Captain Lou Albano talking about drugs. Kids, don't be afraid to say no. Anyone that asks you to use drugs is not your friend. Drugs can and will kill. Remember, don't be afraid to turn to your priest, your rabbi, your minister, your moms, your dads, your teachers, because drugs can kill. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty here. Got some fun stuff to talk about this week. Some not some fun stuff. Um, let's kick it off here with was having fans distance themselves from uh from them which you know the social distancing i get understand that completely but when you got like a freaking tractor trailers length between you and your fans it's <laughs> the pictures look like shit <laughs> i think Man. the worst part was how much money they're making them pay Oh yeah, $130 for the both of them for the combo photo with that. And on top of Sasha Banks's $30,000 appearance fee. Which I guess wasn't bad because I kind of think we kind of looked into it and I think Ric Flair's was more. Well, I'm sure it was. Yeah, but he brought in a whole lot more money. He just sold out an arena. I, I don't Very know because when he was... um. When he was here for GalaxyCon a few years back, he had no line at his table. Like, all day, there was no line for Ric Flair. I know. When I went to the, the big-time wrestling, when it was him and Steamboat. Yeah. Uh, like, there were more people there to get autographs from Ric Flair than, like, stayed for the show to watch, like, the wrestling match. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because it's a wrestling show. So you would expect the line to be that big. But for just like a regular Comic-Con, it's kind of, I don't know. Like, it was like Greg the Hammer Valentine. Dude was just sitting there reading the fucking paper. Like, nobody was going up to him at all. So, like, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. It was like when, um, last year when we went and I went up and I got the, um, uh, Steiner Brothers signature, like Scott Steiner was watching fucking Netflix <laughs> and looked annoyed because he had to pause his show when I walked up to the table. So, but that yeah, is one of those things. Um, but yeah, it's crazy the social distancing stuff that was put into effect for that. When, like, most people generally like, because seeing this done done photos with fans where there's been like a uh those plastic partitions in between him and the fans that makes sense at least the picture doesn't look awkward it, it don't make sense to me it's like if you're if you're not gonna have an interaction with somebody don't sell them something that's an interaction you know what i mean like, yeah i agree if they were if there was like signing like if there was just like signing pictures or something and like giving it to them that's like one thing, but don't charge somebody $200 for a fucking photo. Yeah. My, my biggest thing is if I take my kid, like if I were to take my daughter to go meet Sasha Banks, if I'm paying money for, you know, the meet and greet and stuff like that, the interaction with my kid is going to be the most important thing. And from what reports are coming out from the convention is that they were interacting with the younger fans of the kids. They were high-fiving them, giving them hugs and stuff like that 
Uh, whereas the it's more the adult fans that they were kind of like there's less interaction with. That I would be fine with because, like, in all honesty, mm-hmm. like, no. the kid's going to remember paying, that. So, If I'm paying $200, like, I'm trying to get close enough to smell your asshole. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that's why we have social distancing, too, Carl, is because of creepy-ass motherfuckers like you. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to do anything to them or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, if it's I'm like, paying $200 for a picture, you're like, you're going to yeah. at least have to, like, High five me or something like. Yep. I it's like because you look at that too. Because like, for me, I'm one of those people too. That's like sixty dollars. I think is like too much for a fucking photo op. You know what I mean? Like I like. Yeah. You saw how like. Cindy I mean, I didn't pay that much it. for for Trish. I paid forty, I think, for signature and photo for Trish Stratus. Actually, yeah. I think it might have been fifty. I think it was fifty. Yeah, I would have paid that. Yeah, I mean that was like that's pretty much the the most I'll spend. Like I won't spend any more than that. It depends it on like thirty. It feels like it feels like thirty. I might take a picture with Trish Trash, but I did like, spend a hundred for Hogan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not spending a hundred dollars for Hogan. I'm not. Um, that was before like the racial shit. So <laughs> even then, like. Yeah. Even if this price has gone down, I still probably wouldn't. Like, Hogan, $25 as much as I'd pay to get a photo off of Hogan. <laughs> um, was it Victoria, when I met her uh, the first time, I think it was 40 for autograph and photo. And, yeah, like, I got a shit ton of pictures with her. Like, she had mm-hmm. me come back with the family, and we did another photo, and she didn't charge us for it. Yeah. Because uh, initially it was me, like, you guys seen the picture of her choking me. So, I mean, yep. like I got, that was like one of like six pictures that she did with just me and her. And then like the, brought the family back, circled back around with, you know, wife and the kids and stuff. And she, she did like a couple more photos with us during that too. Um, yeah. And it's like, like even Hacksaw was 40 bucks for combo for autograph and you photo. Paid, you paid, you paid $40 for an autograph of Hacksaw. Yeah. I have an autograph two by four. Oh my god! Yeah. You know what? You know what, Carl? You know what our best one ever was? We got we got a picture with Mr. Anderson for free. Yep. Yeah. That's <laughs> that was, that was probably that was the best one. Yeah. I'm kind of kicking myself in the ass because I didn't want to pester um at that show. Yeah. I didn't want to pester Eli Drake for a photo. Yeah. Um, I probably could have got one with him, but like yeah. I didn't want to. I know. Do that. But Mr. Anderson is like, hey, you want to take a photo real quick? Yeah, yeah. He was like, you were there with him, like, the whole day. Yeah, he was funny like, as this, shit. Yeah. He was awesome. And, like, that was my thing, too. Like, Eli, I wasn't really a big fan of. But then, like, sitting there with him, like, all day by his table or standing there by his table and stuff all day before the actual show and listening to him interact with fans and stuff like that that had come to meet him, it was, like, it was actually pretty cool. So it's, I ended up becoming a bigger fan. Uh, pretty awesome but, yeah but the whole like sasha and naomi thing like it's just yeah I, it, it, it could have been done me, better to, to me like that's like harder like people work hard for their money and, yeah, and they're to me, that money. That's, my money. that's that's stealing i mean you basically stole some money from some yeah. people that were desperate to at, get an interaction with you you exploited like 
Danhausen had a similar thing too, where he was like kind of social distancing with fans as well, but it wasn't to the extreme that it was with um, Sasha and Naomi. Like it was like maybe like a foot between them. It wasn't like, you know, a freaking tractor trailers length between the two of them. So. Hmm. It's like, I don't need to like touch you or anything. Like, but I would like to at least be within like, you know, a foot and a half away from you. So the picture doesn't look awkward as fuck. So you know, like that's like the biggest thing. Cause I think did I get a picture with Statlander. No, I just got Statlander's autograph and I get a picture with her. Um, Some of those big things. So. And most of these people too will do like, like with China, we got so many pictures of China. Like it's insane. But, and I think China was only like 30, I think. It wasn't bad. Oh. I'm trying to remember how much Foley was when I talked to Foley about Al Snow. Well, the first time I met Foley, I paid 20 bucks. It was how much I paid. And a photo. That was what I was yeah. thinking. And then um the I actually yeah the first time I met him it was twenty it was at a TNA event um house show and you got to do pictures in the ring with him I think that was twenty five and then fully by himself I think it was twenty when he was here at uh, Comic Con it was cool awesome so yeah Sasha Naomi do better make the interaction with your fans better. I think Naomi was interacting a little more than what Sasha was doing, but I think with the pictures, it was still like the social distancing thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, it's just a money thing. It's like if you're yeah. going to do something like that, don't take their money. Like, I'm pretty sure like everybody that you charge two hundred dollars has been more than happy to just pay twenty five for a sign autograph. Oh yeah. And I get like you know we're still in a pandemic too, like. It hasn't been lifted. We're well, no, it, it's, 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 no, it's lifted. It's lifted? Yeah, yeah. CD, uh, CDC says you're free to go about your, your business. Um, yeah. So you get monkey no, pox. I think, <laughs> yeah, so you get monkey Now, the monkey pox, I think, is like they're debating on the, declaring it like a state of emergency. But yeah. as far as COVID... They're not Dude, like about even on top of that too. Fucking watching the news today, and there's like outbreaks of polio in New York City. <laughs> like awesome, <laughs> end of the world. It really is the end. Nah. The end of yeah. the world as we know it. Jer- germs yeah. have always existed. All right, so let's go from that. Let's transition here. Let's talk about, since uh, we're on Sasha and Naomi, uh, the Women's Tag Team Title Tournament, which they announced last week, and we got the brackets for it this week on Monday Night Raw with actually one of the first um, first round matches, um, which was um, EO Sky and Dakota Kai taking on Dana Brooke and Tamina. So we had um, EO and uh, uh, Dakota advance on that one. But... um. The other first round brackets we got in here were Alexa Bliss and Asuka, mm-hmm. uh, Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. So that mm-hmm. was the next um, round for that. Uh, then we have Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah taking on Zia Lee and Shotzi, uh, which happened tonight on SmackDown. And then the next round, 
final uh, first round matchup is Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark uh, taking on the team of Natalia and Sonia Deville. Okay, that's not too bad. Uh, and that's like like we were talking about before we started um, officially recording or off air, like comparing this to the um, AEW Trios tournament bracket. Uh, um, this one, like, it can go either way. Like, obviously, it's more than likely going to end up being EO Sky and Dakota Kai. Like, it just makes sense with the way they've been pushing them, pushing them with Bailey and the new stable. Um, I think it really does make sense for those two to take it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see after the culmination of this tournament, we see the return of Sasha and Naomi. Mm-hmm. I hope they get but it. Just, no, I'm sure they will. Um, <laughs> they probably won't, though. They'll probably get the shit cheered out of them and everything. They'll be like, oh, Sasha and Naomi are back. Yep. Ooh. They didn't do anything wrong. Well, they technically didn't, but. Um, yeah, but any one of these teams could win, win the women's tag titles and with the way WWE storylines are. So. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the, the AEW Trios tournament bracket. Ah, oh, this one. Uh, so you have Death Triangle taking on Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. Um, you have Andrade, El Idolo, Dragon Lee, and Roosh taking on the Young Bucks and Mystery Partner, which we all know who the Mystery Partner is going to be, and it's more than likely going to be uh, Hangman. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. It's gonna be. It'll be Hank, man. Uh, All right. So, yeah, so, the, when it, so when it's Kenny Omega, I want you to come on this podcast and I want you to apologize to me and say I'm sorry, Garrett. I was wrong. Okay. Sounds like a fair Kenny Omega. <laughs> sounds like a fair compromise, though. It is a fair compromise. We'll, we'll okay. see what happens. Uh, we have the House of Black taking on the Dark Order, and then the Trust Busters taking on the Best Friends. Um, Trust Busters is a group that recently formed. They've been mostly on AEW Dark. Um, recent addition to them was uh, Parker Bordeaux. Um, got some haunted oh. house action going around in the background some, there. Some kid, some kid heard Parker Bordeaux and they started crying. I, <laughs> I understand, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. So I'm looking at it like this. House of Black is probably going to end up getting cost the match either by Miro, Darby Allen, Sting, and if not a combination of the three of them. Um, and I think Dark Order is going to pick up the victory. Young Bucks, and if it's if it is Hangman with them, you'll see Young Bucks and Hangman move past. Um, Andrade, Dragon Lee, and Rouge, and they'll probably take on the team of Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. But we'll see the Young Bucks and Hangman advance to the finals. And then we'll see the Dark oh. Order will more likely will be taking on the best friends. Um or possibly the Trustbusters. I think Trustbusters will probably go over the best friends if it's the Dark Order. Um and I think Dark Order will pick up the win over the Trustbusters and we'll get Young Bucks and Hangman versus the Dark Order in the finals. And then Hangman's going to have to make a choice between being back with the Elite or uh, the Dark Order. And I think we'll see him actually 
fully turn on the dark order um or the dark order just going just finally like not giving a shit and just turning like straight heel and see Uh, it's pretty much going to be the Bucks and Hangman winning those titles anyway. Maybe, maybe I think that's um I think that's Tony Khan's predictable booking. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to go with the safe the safe bet instead of going with um like a uh, more of like out of the ordinary thing like giving it to the Dark Order the the best friend or even the House of Black. So I think he's going to go with the safe bet and go Young Bucks and, you know, do their Omega or Hangman Page. Yeah. Maybe. We shall no. see. Probably just like they've seen to get rid of the trios titles to begin with. <laughs> yeah. I'm disappointed in the tournament altogether. Uh, and, uh, I didn't ask for it. They could have did more because the finals of this isn't until all out. They could have made this a larger tournament. Or they could have did like a 30-man battle royal. 30-man battle royal last in the ring of the champions. I love it. Yeah, great idea. I I could get behind that, actually, because that would be – because you could have real some like um, odd couple uh, type tag team in there. You could end up with like fucking Miro and – Orange Cassidy and um, Nick Jackson yeah. as your trio's champions. That would be some interesting, interesting booking for that. Uh-huh. See, this is why Carl, you know, needs to just be a booking artist, you know? Yeah. Or a writer or something. Tony Khan, hire me, dude. I got all kinds of ideas. I can help you out. <laughs> He's not going to hire Road Dog. He ain't going to hire us. <laughs> 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 start begging them on instagram and twitter and everything too come on tony sign <laughs> come on tk sign us we'll sell you drugs give me a job give me a job <laughs> i know where i can get i know where you can get some better coke from <laughs> <laughs> Woo. that's straight uncut colombian shit come on you looking to do some skiing we'll hit the powder <laughs> Oh, awesome. Yeah. Good stuff there. All right, let's get into the fun stuff here. Um, you guys want to talk Four Horsemen, or do you want to save that for last? It's whatever you want to do. It's your show, man. Where's this year? It's yeah, your just... show, too. I know. I'm just fucking. <laughs> Are you the um, director and producer? And... All right. Well, how about we'll we'll do that last then. Well, let's um while we're still on AEW with that trios tournament, let's talk about um the WB Discovery merger, which may have some impact on AEW. Uh, lots of budget cuts. Uh, a lot of movies and TV shows canceled in production or actually finished. Uh, Batgirl apparently is not going to see the light of day anymore. Uh, apparently, it didn't test well with uh test audiences. Which is kind of funny because it got the same overall rating as Black Adam and The Flash, but uh, Black Adam is still getting released because they're not going to fuck with The Rock. <laughs> I mean, would you want to fuck with The Rock? No. 
Would you want something sticked rough. up your Would you want something sticked up your candy ass uh, sideways? Sideways. No. Nope. No. Now it's even, even if it gets even if it gets shined up real nice first. <laughs> so, um so that's the biggest thing with this. It's like they're doing the budget cuts left and right. Um even though AEW's ratings have declined, it's still one of the highest rated shows on TNT and TBS. Uh, do you guys think that would be enough to keep them from getting axed from WB or with WB, even though they're still high rated, even with the decline, will um, Discovery kind of keep them around and maybe be willing to do more with them? I don't know about doing more, but I would, don't see why they would get rid of something yeah. that has views. I mean, even if they did cut cut them, they'd be fucked because they have nowhere else to go. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes like, a millionaire, he, he could find somebody to air That's what I was going to say. He started his own cable network. Because, I mean, the reason why they're on TNT to begin with, anyway, is because they was WCW, like, he wanted to do the WCW thing. Yeah. Like, it ain't like TNT called him up, like, hey, you got a wrestling promotion that you want to put on TV? <laughs> and that's the thing, too, like, the, the one exec that was, like, big on AEW that, you know, helped push him and stuff like that ended up getting fired um, from that merger, too. So, like, the one person that they had, like, backing them with, you know, Warner Brothers is gone. And then, like, Rampage has become, like, a shit show. Like, it started off, like, hot, and then it just, like, fizzled out. Be honest, like, you could probably get more views doing it on fucking YouTube. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too. I think like dark and elevation get more more viewership than rampage does. Cause fucking, you know, nobody really watches cable that much anymore. Yep. Very true. Awesome. Uh, what else we got here? Sticking with some AW. So there's been a lot of reports, a lot of rumors that uh, Miro, Andrade, and Malachi Black are all unhappy with their positions in AEW. Um, with a lot of people speculating that AEW has become a new creative prison, much like WWE under the, uh, the Vince banner for the last couple of years. Uh, I don't think it's a creative prison. I think it's more of this... Tony Khan is a millionaire. Uh, and like most millionaires do, they get these nice shiny toys and they play with them a lot. And, uh, they tell that toy, like, hey, you're my favorite toy. I really love you. You're the best toy ever. But they're millionaires and <laughs> they get other shiny toys and they play with them. More than they play with the, the original shiny toy, and that shiny toy gets upset. It's just, you know. like when uh when Andy got Buzz Lightyear, and, you know, Woody got replaced. Yeah. Because yeah. what, Miro was, like, one of the first ones that kind of popped over, and Tony Khan's probably like, yeah, you'll be the next big thing, you know. 
big fish little pond. And then Oster Black came over. Your next big thing. Then Adam Cole, and then you know it just keeps yeah, going. Much. Uh, I like yeah. Because you had um, Brody Lee and Matt Hardy debuted at the same time, or on the same show. Yeah. Um, like even when Miro came through, like it wasn't like they put him with Kip Sabian and fucking Penelope Ford, which are nowhere on TV. Um, although it's rumored that Kip Sabian's the dude in the uh, the box, the box mask that's sitting at ringside that has the uh, thing on it that says overrated, underrated. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's the uh, the big thing with that. Um, but yeah, like you know, you you're right. He's like the second he was able to sign CM Punk, what happened? Like a lot of those guys kind of got pushed to the wayside, and it's like, oh shit, I got CM Punk now. And the same thing with like Brian Danielson. Oh shit, I got Brian Danielson. Like he signs Jay Lethal. Like Jay Lethal was kind of tossed to the side for a little bit after, you know, a couple of matches up until recently with the purchase of Ring of Honor. So it's like, okay, I need to rebuild Ring of Honor. I got Jay Lethal. I got Smojo. I got this person, that person. Like even with that, when's the last time we've seen Brian Cage? Yeah. Like they brought him back for one Ring of Honor pay per view and I think something else. And then he's been gone again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how long they and, I, and I don't think it's a creative thing because, like WWE, the biggest thing was like wrestlers weren't able to create like what they wanted, and I don't think that's what the case in AEW. I think is just people not getting the pushes that they thought they were gonna get or the promise, you know, like when they signed with them. Yeah, and I think that's. I think you're right on that too. Um, with Tony Khan, like pretty much running everything creatively, trying to be Vince, essentially is what it is. Um, but he's the one that's doing everything, storylines, everything himself, and not using an actual creative team. And I think that's part of the problem. Like you have all this talent on this roster, but only a select handful are getting put into a storyline. Whereas, I meant to- like, <clears throat> go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know if you saw uh, that uh, Jack Evans put out an interview about uh, how he felt about Tony Khan. No, I didn't see that. Um, he didn't say anything bad about him, but he said uh, the one thing he disliked about him most was he was the professor of the absolute last minute change. Oh, not surprised. Yeah. Like he would literally like change something like very last second right before the match like oh yeah we're gonna do this instead really planned events like that's <laughs> yeah i know because like they'd be writing raw like at times while raw was on the air mm-hmm. like your last like they'd be writing like the last hour or two hours of the show while the show was going on it's like everything was changing on the fly um but those aspects have been like if you know a talent had gone had quit or you know something having that talent they couldn't make it to the show then they have to readjust things like that's you know an inevitable type thing whereas like tony Khan just changing his mind on oh yeah we're gonna bump this match that we advertised for two weeks now and put something else in because i don't want to do this match anymore 
type of thing. So, uh, yeah, so that's the biggest, one of the biggest things there. But like Miro feels like he's in like the same position he was in WWE. Um, guys like Andrade and Malachi Black feel they got more TV time in WWE than they did than they do in AEW right now. Um, which is kind of weird to me because Malachi has been featured on TV quite a bit recently. And, and is also injured and why he can't wrestle. Yeah. And then Andrade has been, since they brought Rush in, like Los Ingrenables has been featured the last couple of weeks too. Um, and now you got Dragon Lee. So, like, you have, like, pretty much the full, almost the full faction now. So, I mean... It shouldn't be too Quit bad. Who's bitching? Him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Andrade. They need to quit bitching. So, I mean, they wanted out of their WWE contracts. They got out of their, their contracts. They're in another company. So, I mean, that's... Yeah. I think now it's like, oh, well, Triple H is in charge. I know we'd get better positioning and better pull with Triple H. So. I think everyone's going to think that, and then some people are going to get real yeah. butt hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the business. Yep. It is. But I think guys like, you know, Malachi Black would get a pretty pretty strong position on, on the roster if you were to are able to jump back to WWE. Because they... Triple H built him up pretty well in NXT, and I think that would Triple H would feel would be able to transition that character better on Raw and SmackDown, or present that character better on Raw and SmackDown than what uh, Vince Vince had done. Awesome. All right, so we go from AW creative. Let's talk some WWE creative. Uh, with the way things are going right now. Um, so you see uh, this past week on Raw, we saw a little bit more with um, The Miz, AJ Styles. We saw the return of Dexter Loomis. Uh, we saw some shit going on in the background on Raw during some interview segments with Kevin Owens, um, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Uh, it looked like there was a car that had driven into one of the pillars in the arena. And then during the AJ Styles match, uh, we saw Dexter Loomis get arrested in the crowd. They saw him like yeah. sneaking, trying to sneak up to the barricade with a hoodie on. So, are we planting the seeds for something with Dexter Loomis and AJ Styles with the return of Dexter Loomis? Uh, I think they're they're planning something. I just I don't know what exactly, but. I'm down yes, for he it. Was, he was staring down AJ uh, as they were taking him away. Um, uh, but I'm interested to see where they go with the stuff that was going on in the background with the car. Like, does that tie into Loomis? Does it tie into something else? Um, I'm just interested to see where they go. With yeah, that. I thought it. I thought it was like a Loomis thing because I think the way they made it seem like is like Loomis wasn't technically invited, so it was more of like yeah, kind of like a. Because they didn't Stalker mention him at all. Like, yeah. they didn't say anything. Like, the commentary team, like, they, they didn't say, I think they said, is that Dexter Loomis? And I think that was it. 
and yeah. they just kind of cut it from there and they didn't mention yeah. it the rest of the show because that was way that was before the main event and they just never brought anything back up with it yeah so i'd like to see where that goes i um, hope what happens well, is what i sent to uh you and carl and that we get the way back i would would not be upset with that at all no um, so with that with the creative side to that too um with the repositioning of like Tommaso Ciampa um like a couple other guys recently are guys that have been so far buried by creative like Ricochet Apollo T-Bar um do you think that these guys can somehow be spun like like creatively spun back around and saved like as far as their characters go to be positioned in a better spot on the roster or even in featured more in storylines uh some of them like t-bar i don't really care if he gets repositioned uh, <laughs> like if i'm being honest like well i mean like if he like they keep him off tv for a little bit and they repackage it back as Dominic Dijakovic or whatever. What I heard that they were going to do with that was just call him Dijak, which I think would be way easier to call him. Oh, much. Yeah, that's what they need to do. Or just cut him. He was good. Him and Keith Lee's matches together on NXT were good, and you can't say They were very good. His ring of honor, he was fantastic. He's a great roster Uh, member ring of honor, so some great matches uh, and then even the stuff that he had with um uh fucking damian priest was pretty good so. eh, i don't know i'm i'm just not a fan oh that's fine yeah. that's fine. Yeah. i'm not a fan of rick flair not that big of a fan of rick flair so i mean it's fine yeah but rick flair is <laughs> a fucking icon ah <laughs> uh, stings an icon we're not yeah. <laughs> piper was an icon um <laughs> But yeah, but like even like Ricochet and Apollo, like you think about like everything that Ricochet's been through and like all the fucking gimmick changes that Apollo's been through. Like, is there any way to make these guys more of a credible roster member? I mean, Apollo's on the in, uh, is on NXT, so I don't know that he's been on NXT. Yeah, he's been on NXT for a while. He kind of like went back to like old Apollo. Good. I really, I really like the Nigerian thing they were doing. I wish they would have kept that up. But. I mean, and that was probably the best thing that they've done for him too. Was with that, was that, and then it just kind of dropped it for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know. if Vince felt like it wasn't getting over like he thought it was gonna. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that could have been one thing too. Which I'm honestly surprised that Vince had him come out and do an accent. Since Vince like bitches about any anyone on TV with an accent, talk about he can't understand them. Like, are they speaking English? (laughs) (sighs) Which is part of the reason why Shinsuke's where he's at, and you know, like I'm honestly surprised that Oscar got pushed like the the way she did. But what do you mean? We got Shinsuke and Walter on SmackDown this tonight. Yeah, because oh, Triple H is in, in control, not Vince. <laughs> so, 
I mean, Vince is also the reason why we have Gunther instead of Walter. <laughs> That's fair. Man. I don't the know. I like, they broke I like up Gunther. Imperial. So. I like Gunther. They ain't did them Walker, wrong yeah. yet. They just changed his name. Yeah, I mean, no, that's probably like one of the only few like NXT guys they have like fucked up. I mean, I hopefully they like Butch gets transitioned back to Pete Dunn. Like that's what we need. Yeah. Like I want the Bruiser weight. I don't want like some lackey to fucking Sheamus yeah. and well, the Ridge Holland or whatever. So yeah, I mean, he can be Butch and just you know just. Just don't have him be a third wheel and have him actually be yeah. a badass he was. You know, I mean, and that's another guy that's I think is going to benefit with Triple H being in charge of creative is is Pete Dunne. Like it's huge in NXT, and then he gets called up to the roster and he's like, "Oh, your name's Butch now. Um, you're going to basically dress like a fucking kid from Newsies, and you know, run around acting like a psychopath." So. Well, how you know that wasn't his idea, and he wanted to do it? Yeah, like, that, yeah, wasn't yeah. His, that was not his idea. This Butch thing, <laughs> this Butch thing sounds pretty good. No, that was not his. <laughs> I idea. love it. Um, good shit. <laughs> there's also been talks of um, Raw going back to two hours. That would probably be good. But the the question with that too is the amount of talent that they have between Raw and SmackDown. Um, leaving less TV time on Raw, how does the talent that's there get featured? I'll figure it out. What do you mean? It used to be two hours, Chris. People were. I, I know I'm saying it used to be two hours, but you think about it, like the last what, like three, four years, it's been three hours. So they've been like more talent's been being featured on on Raw. Because of the the extra hour, yeah, I think you know sometimes like it seems like that hour is like stretched out, and like they've been just filling the TV. Uh, was bullshit. I don't know. Maybe on a triple H, it could get better, but a two hour to me, like I wouldn't. I think it'd be a good time to um, build up a tag team division. Yeah. Go back to what they used to do and just throw random people together as a tag team called a day. I mean, that wouldn't be like I hate when they do that, but like it'd be the best way to get people featured. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what they did with Otis and Chad Gable with the Alpha Academy, and they're actually a pretty entertaining tag team. Shoosh. Thank you. <laughs> 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 um yeah so i mean like there's there's stuff that they can do but yeah uh, i'm i'm still kind of hopeful like i know we're like two weeks into like the triple h stephanie era um i'm so, i'm very hopeful about stuff and plus we had a freaking hit row return this week on smackdown yep. so i mean like that's another group that kind of got lost in the shuffle and they got called up. It sucks they don't have Swerve, but you know with BFAB and I can't even remember what the fuck the other two guys' names were. Um, top Dollar, Top Dollar, uh, uh, Adonis. Guy. Okay. Uh, something D Adonis. I don't remember. His first name. Oh yeah. 
So, I mean, even those three, like, still have potential. They just, like, the gimmick wasn't understood when it translated to SmackDown. So, hopefully with Triple H in charge, it kind of gets, um, I don't know, like, featured better or better understood. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, here. Fans. Let's talk about the fans for a little bit. Let's talk about us. Us, the fans. Um, do you guys think Brian Danielson was right a couple years ago when he called us all fickle? I mean, he says so, Huh? Maybe. So, Maybe like, we are. So you think about how how much we rally behind like a specific talent and when they finally get pushed and when they get a title shot all of a sudden they get turned on and booed like the most recent example being Liv Morgan well Liv Morgan was basically because of the way they did the finish to the match so you can't have somebody obviously like lose and then expect everybody to be happy that she won. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was even like the SummerSlam pay-per-view. Like, she was getting booed at SummerSlam. And even, like, building up the SummerSlam, she was getting booed. I think she got booed more than Rousey did. Well, Rousey is pretty much a fake. fake. That's what I'm saying. Like, he had a face. That's why it doesn't make sense. Like, the whole thing that makes sense. Like, you're like a face versus face. And yeah. you're trying to do an underdog story with another face, and it just doesn't doesn't make sense. And I, I don't know, just like thinking about it in general. Um, I mean, there may be a little bit of truth to what he's saying, uh, but that's wrestling. That's the history of wrestling. And a long time ago, the theory behind wrestling was you let the heel keep the title and people will show up every night for the good guy to kick his ass. Um, But nowadays it seems like, you know, um, there's not any like good heels anymore that people want to see get their ass kicked. Yeah. Like the best Um, one we had has been off TV for what, like four months now, five months. Yeah. MJF. MJF. So, like, literally, like, the best heel on TV. Like, yeah, the Miz is a great heel, but, like, it's kind of like you want Miz to succeed. Like, (laughs) he's, like, one of those heels where it's like, oh, shit, like, Miz is pretty awesome. Like, MJF is, like, that heel, like, oh, my God, like, I want someone to kick the shit out of him. So. Yep. But like, yeah, that's we haven't had that. Like, that's gone are the days of like the true heel, you know, with you know Ric Flair running around as champion. It was like, oh my God, is Steamboat going to beat Flair this week? You know, was Dusty going to get over on Flair? Is Sting going to get Flair? Like, who's going to be the one to take the title off of Flair? Who's going to pin Ric Flair? And it's even the same with like, um, you look at old school WWF, like. Who's going to be the one, to, you know, to dethrone the Macho King? Who's going to, you know, dethrone, you know, 
so-and-so like oh my god the rock's a champion is austin finally going to beat the rock for the title we don't have that anymore yeah sucks um but even like with the fans too like you look at um like becky lynch during her build her run for that survivor series like she was white hot um after she got her nose broken and coming back and then it's like once she won the title and had the title for a little bit like people started getting sick of the man and getting sick of the becky lynch character yeah. ended up, you know turning on them too so. <sighs> it's because they don't know what they got till it's gone yep roman same way pre-bloodline roman reigns like everybody turning on him well um, i after... was never afraid of him so no, yeah. yeah and that was the like the big thing with that like i wasn't the biggest roman reigns fan but his matches were entertaining like i was no. gonna i've never like, i never i never watched a roman reigns match and i was like oh i'm highly entertained about that royal rumble where everyone was cheering for him to win i was i wasn't cheering for him to win I know you weren't cheering. I'm talking about the people in attendance. Not you. I know. You weren't there. He's talking about <laughs> the millions. <laughs> He's thinking about they're all like wanting him to win. I can't remember who won that rumble that year, but like Roman gets eliminated. And it's like then they finally give him that win at the rumble and they boom out the fucking arena. <laughs> And the same with that WrestleMania. Like, he wins the title, they boo the shit out of him. They couldn't even have The Rock. Like, that one pay-per-view where Roman won the title and The Rock came out to, like, you know, like, try to, to salvage it. They still booed the shit out of him. So, I mean, I think they, they probably could have pulled the trigger on turning Roman earlier than what they did. But I think the Bloodline storyline has been probably the best for him. But, I mean... That's, just, that's uh, ridiculous. Like, I, yeah. I like the bloodline. Um, yeah. Show respect to your tribal chief. Acknowledge your daddy. Was it the uh, the Jericho appreciation appreciation society? Appreciate us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Awesome. All right. Us fickle fans. All right, let's get into it. Carl, Four Horsemen, greatest faction in wrestling history. I'll go to sleep now while you guys are for 30 uh, minutes. I was thinking about this because, like, if you would have asked me uh, probably, like, two days ago, three days ago, like, who is the greatest faction in all wrestling? I probably would have said like NWO. Or, yeah, I'd probably say NWO. But I, I think it's the Four Horsemen. Because uh, I don't think, that, like, out of all the other factions, except for maybe Evolution, I I don't think you I mean, have. Honestly, like, Evolution, Evolution pretty much was a Four Horsemen. Yeah, kind of, sort of, but. Uh, even then, like, I don't think they're on the caliber of at least, like, the first, you know, couple incarnations of the Four Horsemen. Like, you know, kind of evolved into something else. But, like, 
just watching the promos and stuff and some of their yeah. matches, like, dude, like, you had the talent, they had the in-ring ability. Every one of them was good on the fucking mic. Like, it was this, and they all, like, kind of balanced each other. It was, it was pretty good to watch. I think, I would say they're probably, like, the most complete faction. Uh, best for a rounded faction. Uh, I mean, you could argue, you know, DX or NWO because they had better ratings on TV than, you know, yeah, these regional shows. But... Been... We can go ahead, Chris. I think with the with the, I love the NWO. Like I've gone on record numerous times, um, past episodes about how much like. NWO is one of my favorite factions. Um, but there's still influence there from the Four Horsemen. There's still in like in other factions too. Like you, know, you mentioned Evolution. Evolution pretty much was the Four Horsemen in WWE at that time frame. It was um Triple H growing up being a student of the game, big fan of Ric Flair, big fan of the Horsemen. That's what Triple H wanted. It was his own horseman like stable, and that's what he got with Evolution. Um, like they're definitely, like I said, one of the most influential, one of the most famous stables. Um, you wouldn't have the NWO, you wouldn't have DX, you wouldn't have the nation. Um, a lot of those factions, if we didn't have the four horsemen, I mean, Um, the whole thing is like the whole like word stable comes from the four horsemen, right? Yeah. Pretty much, I would think. Um, yeah. I mean, there there were other factions before the Horsemen, um, like uh, Jimmy Hart's faction. Uh, oh yeah, don't get me wrong. There's, yeah. there, but it wasn't ones. like, but they weren't like cohesive like the Horsemen were. Like they weren't like a unit. It was pretty much like, if you look at the Hart Foundation, um, or you know, I think it was Jimmy Hart and the First Family. I think it was Jimmy Hart's first one before become the Hart Foundation. Um, you look at that, you look at the Heenan family, like it was pretty much one guy who managed multiple people. It never was like, you know, they're a unit like the Four Horsemen were. And that transition yeah. from the Four Horsemen to like DX to um, the NWO. Yeah, so the difference, I think the difference between um, the Horsemen and some of the factions that we've named I is one is person. that the four, the, four, the four Horsemen, like, had to tell, like, they were, you could argue that they were, like, the four best. They definitely was the four top heels in, in the company yeah. time. You know what I mean? Like... I think with the, like, these other factions you get, you kind of, you know, you get the one guy that's, like, really good. Uh, you might have a manager that can talk really well. It's like people in the faction are not good talkers. You, know, you have your big gal, your Batista, or, you know what I'm saying, or your giant. But, like, the four horsemen, like I said, like, all four of them, like, really great at cutting promos. Uh, their manager was really good. Um, they held belts. Uh, you know they were main event, main event players. Uh, and I don't think like the other factions, you really get that top to bottom. 
Can y'all hear me? I hear you. Okay. It's got quiet. I didn't know. Chris, stop talking. Nah, you're right. All right. Nah, here. Yeah. My, um, freaking internet connection's like killing me down here today. Yeah. But this ain't top to bottom. Like, I don't, I don't think there's like a faction that. And I'm talking about, like, you know, the first couple of incarnations of the Four Horsemen, of course, you know. Yeah. They had, like, their goofy moments, like, uh, especially, like, in WCW. But, uh, uh... I think a lot of that was uh, towards the end, especially when they had, like, uh, Mongo McMichael in there. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, one of the one of the guys that really... Um, the later interaction... in the, that later incarnation of the horseman was kind of like one of those ones that just didn't fit. Yeah. It wasn't like, wasn't one of the best wrestlers. It was just pretty much the namesake because people knew him from his football career and things like that. But it was just, that's pretty much all it was. Yeah. Like I mean, even, I, think he basically, I, think he, I think he basically got the job though because, uh, uh, Totally blanchard felt a drug test or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Like that one wouldn't surprise me at all with that one. And even like that too, like you had like eventually you would see like um Lex Luger, Sting, uh, Barry Windham, uh, Kurt Henning, uh, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Brian Pillman, uh, Steve Mongo McMichael. Like you would see these guys eventually, you know, roll through and be part of the Four Horsemen. Um, Jeff Jarrett, Arn Parker Anderson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, um, not Jeff Jarrett, Arn Anderson pretty much retired. Um, after like an injury where he couldn't wrestle anymore and he took on that that J.J. Dillon type mantle where um, he was the manager Kurt Henning of course came in as the the new enforcer Um, that was like during their whole feud with the NWO and Henning ended up turning on the horseman and being like a new member of the NWO Um, that was like the last Dean Malenko I think stepped in right as like Uh, I think Member. I think Malenko I'm trying to remember I think he may have already been a part of it because I think it was at that it was, point it, it was, was Blair it was, it was Malenko, Benoit Blair and Mongo McMichael and Arn was like the yeah. and then, yep. uh, and then like, uh, Benoit, Malenko turned on uh, Flair uh, and started the Radicals or whatever yeah, because they because Malenko and Benoit left with Guerrero and Saturn. Yeah. To go to uh, well, WWE. they they turned they turned on them in WCW there before they went to WWE. Like uh, they were a faction in. Uh, That's right. Yeah. In WCW, there's like the I think they was called the Radicals. Were they called the Radicals? No, they're the Radicals of WWF. I can't remember I what they were. Called, I think they What were they called? Radicals. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think. What were they called in 
WCW then. Not sure on that one. Wasn't the Filthy Animal? Uh, Filthy Animals was like Conan and Mysterio yeah. and uh, Kidman. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So I doubt they would have kept the same name when they went to WWE, so. Oh, wrestling revolution. 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 Uh, final incarnation of Ric Flair's Four Horsemen faction. They feuded with NWO, Bischoff, Assassin, Texas Rednecks. They lost the Rednecks. After the Horsemen, after the Horsemen were finally disbanded in May 1999 due to Flair's abuse of power, Dean Malenko joined up with Shane Douglas's faction, the Revolution, which was formed in 1999. So they feuded with David Flair, Diamond Dallas Page, Chris Canyon. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Shane Douglas, and Perry Saturn. Yeah. So, yeah. So those three plus Guerrero were the uh, radicals in WWE. In WWF. You know. I actually kind of remember the uh, revolution there a little bit. Definitely didn't last long. No, so they jumped up to WWE. Yep, because that's when they were going to give. Um, They're going to put the title on Benoit to keep him to have him stay. And he basically, like, I think he won the title and then he left anyway. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, but yeah, definitely. Definitely the Horsemen, um, greatest faction in wrestling history. Like, definitely one of the most influential. All right, awesome stuff there. All right, you guys got anything you want to talk about before we get into uh, overrated, underrated? Nope. Nope. Ready for some uh, for week two? Overrated, underrated. Carl, I added a just right in there for you, too. Uh, so we can do it just right, yeah. Yeah, so we got overrated, underrated, and just right. Yeah, pull this up here. All right, so if you guys missed this last week and missed um, the social media post with this, uh, basically what we're going to do um, each week is I'm going to give Carl and Garrett a list of five. Um, a list of five, uh, two current wrestlers, one legend, one tag team, one female, and they will uh, give me their thoughts if they're overrated, underrated, and now just right, just rightly rated, I guess. So, uh, week two, what we got here for you? Let's kick it off with the current interim AEW World Champion, John Moxley. Uh, underrated. I'd say. Yeah, I say underrated. Underrated. It's a good thing you guys are doing this because I call that shit overrated. <laughs> well, you'd be wrong. I'll be right. <laughs> In my opinion, I'm right. 
Oh, that's all right then. All right. Uh, Sammy Callahan. Underrated. Underrated. Sean Michaels. Rightly rated. Mm. This this right rated. Or? <laughs> uh. You say overrated? I'm gonna your ass. I'll say uh, I'll say just rightly rated as well. Just so Young Carl's, Bucks. Just so Carl doesn't kick my ass over. Carl doesn't kick your ass. Young Bucks. Uh, yeah, if you would asked me like a year ago, I probably would have said like underrated. But or not a year ago, probably about three years ago. But uh, yeah, I would say overrated now. But if I, you get the same I think with the Young Bucks, I'm going to say this kind of falls with Kenny Omega too. They work better in small doses. I like, like as Kenny we Omega. were, I like Kenny Omega too. Um, like I'm not like a huge Kenny Omega fan. I, but, I like his matches are saying. good. I feel that way more about the Bucks though than I do about Kenny. Omega. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, um, I also tune in for a Kenny Omega match and probably enjoy it. He's had good matches. Yeah. Now his character, like his ill work, wasn't all that great. But as far as no. like matches, it's not it's like. The His H.W. heel sucks compared to what he was doing in New Japan with the Bullet Club and in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I know Carl's answer for this one. Huh? Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. <laughs> Do I have to answer this? <laughs> I feel like if you're a fan of the podcast, you know my answer. You are. Um, you already know. <laughs> but I'm gonna say uh, underrated. Not getting overrated. <laughs> uh, I have a question. Yes. Yep. Is there an answer that's higher than overrated? Uh, no. <laughs> but it would be definitely higher than overrated. So. <laughs> Higher than overrated would just mean you're trash. So I guess we'll just say trash. Trash. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Awesome. I I like Britt Baker's mic work. I don't like her ring work. Like I'll say that. That's the probably like the only thing that she's got going for her is is her. I don't like any. I don't like any of the. Her best matches have been with Thunder Rosa. And I think we've um we've talked we we talked about this numerous times. It's like beating a fucking dead horse. Um, her best matches are with someone that's better than her because they make her look good. It's better <laughs> than you, and you know it. Yep. So Thunder Rosa, um, Serena Deeb. Um, I hate to see what happens when she actually gets in the ring with Athena. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be one of those things. Awesome. So overrated, underrated, just rightly rated. So I love that. I love that. That's fun. All right. So that's um pretty much the thick of it this week. That's all I had in here. Um Carl, we got theme of the week this week. What you want to leave us with? 
Um, let's see. What do we want to go with? Um, let's pick one of uh, since we was talking about four horsemen and we brought them up. Let's go with one of Barry Wyndham's themes. Rap is crap. Um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do the, let's do it. Fuck it. Let's do it. I don't think we've done it before, have we? I don't think so. <laughs> it, I think it's mainly Kurt Henning, though, right? Well, I, well he was in the. I think Henning was yeah, singing. Wendell was technically in the band. So. Yeah, he was in the band. Well, I think he Texas played guitar or something. I, like I think so. Guitar or bass, one of the two. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you who was on drums. It was like Barry Darso or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Besides Kurt Hennon and Barry Windham, I can't remember who was in it. Yeah, I don't remember who was in that group either. Uh, awesome. I was just joking too. Like, rap is crap. No, we'll do it. Rap is crap. <laughs> Definitely feel that way about today's rap. This is definitely crap. I don't know, man. That new game song uh, where he's dissing Eminem is pretty good. Why? Why does everybody go after Eminem? Like, was uh, he like the, the big dog in the prison yard? Like, you want to take him not, out? Not, not everybody like goes after Eminem. Uh, there's only been you know a couple people do it. But to me, uh, Eminem's overrated. So. Why can't we get like Buster Rhymes back, you know, or something like that? Method Man. I think Method Man's got some new stuff out coming out. There's a song on TikTok that's been being used quite a bit. I don't know if it's like a newer track or I know. I know uh, (laughs) Nas and Wootsie. Somebody else was like on tour. They called it like the New York tour. And uh, yeah, I think that's what um was supposed to be coming through here. Yeah, I just uh, don't know who's all like from which team is gonna be there. Yeah. I think uh, Red Man was touring with them at one point too. Wu-Tang Clan and Nas tour how to join the Wu-Tang Clan someone really Google that was like Google search how to join the Wu-Tang Clan join the Wu-Tang Clan On Charlotte, September 18th. I think they were in Raleigh. I think that was at the end of July. Oh no, uh, September 17th. Uh, Coastal Credit Union, Music Park, Walnut Creek, Raleigh. Wu Tang Clan and Nas. Tickets start at 23 bucks. I like country music. 
Nice. That's in the log. Four seat, four tickets. Start off at two hundred and sixty-six dollars. For that price, you can get a picture of Sasha Banks. Thirty feet. Probably by as close as he'd be to the stage. Pretty much. <laughs> Some of these tickets are insane, like the price for them. Yeah, but they'll sell, like, people pay that price for them. That I mean, that's the routine, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, awesome. All right, so that's going to do it for us as you enjoy the uh, sweet sounds Kurt Henning singing some rap is crap. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys are still enjoying the new format. Um, thank you so much for everyone that uh, downloaded and streamed us last week. A um, little bit higher numbers compared to some of our previous episodes before we took our hiatus. So appreciate that. Uh, continue to share us. Um, tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is going to be the best advertisement for us. Um, follow us on all our social media. You can find that in the link tree in the um, show description. Should be right there. Um, and of course, our social media posts will have our links to Apple and Spotify as well. Um, just search Russell Get and Pod, either 1D or 2Ds, and we will show up on whatever social media site you're looking for us on. Um, yeah, that's going to do it. Um, again, thank you. I'm CM Heat. He's G Money, and he's a Tennessee Jesus. And we'll uh, chat with you guys next week. Later, Marks. If you don't like it, stick a finger up your ass and look at It's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. Oh, yeah. No lube either. Like, you don't get any lube. There's only one thing that I hate, because it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. There's only one thing that I hate, cause it's a bunch of crap, I hate rap, rap is crap, rap is crap.